Again, Jesus began to teach beside the sea. And a very large crowd gathered about him, so that he got into a boat and sat, it, sat in it on the sea. And the whole crowd was beside the sea on the land. And he was teaching them many things in parables. And in his teaching, he said to them, Listen, behold, a sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seed fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured it. Other seed fell on rocky ground where it did not have much soil, and immediately it sprang up since it had no depth of soil. And when the sun rose, it was scorched, and since it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no grain. And other seed fell into the good soil and produced grain, growing up and increasing and yielding thirtyfold and sixtyfold and a hundredfold. And he said, he who, has an ears, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. And when he, was, when, we, when he was alone, those around him with the twelve asked him about the parables. And he said to them, To you has been given the secret of the kingdom of God. But for those outside, everything is in parables, so that they may indeed see but not perceive, may indeed hear but not understand, lest they should turn and be forgiven. And he said to them, Do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? The sower sows the word. And these are the ones along the path where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that is sown in them. And these are the ones sown on rocky ground, the ones who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with joy. And they have no root in themselves, but endure for a while. Then, when tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately they fall away. And others are the ones sown among the thorns. They are those who hear the word, but the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the desires for other things enter in and choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. But those that were sown on the good soil are the ones who hear the word and accept it and bear fruit thirtyfold and sixtyfold and a hundredfold. And he said to them, Is a lamp brought in to be put under a basket or under a bed and not on a stand? For nothing is hidden except to be made manifest, nor is anything secret except to come to light. If anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. And he said to them, Pay attention to what you hear. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you, and still more will be added to you. For the one who has, more will be given, and from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And he said, The kingdom of God is as if a man should scatter seed on the ground. He sleeps and rises night and day, and the seed sprouts and grows. He knows not how. The earth produces by itself first the blade, then the ear, then the full grain in the ear. But when the grain is ripe, at once he puts in the sickle, because the harvest has come. And he said, With what can we compare the kingdom of God, or what parable shall we use for it? It is like a grain of mustard seed, which, when sown on the ground, is the smallest of all the seeds of the earth. Yet when it is sown, it grows up and becomes larger than all the garden plants, and puts out large branches so that the birds of the air can make nests in its shade. With many such parables, he spoke the word to them as they were able to hear it. He did not speak to them without a parable, but privately to his own disciples he explained everything. 
May God bless to us this reading from his holy word. A number of years ago, there was a film uh, that uh, was one of these formulaic comedies. You, you knew what was coming, uh, but we found it quite funny uh, anyways, called uh, uh, Up Periscope. Up Periscope. And it starred Kelsey Grammer of Frasier fame, uh, if you happen to know who he is. And uh, he played this submarine captain, this disgraced submarine captain, who was given a chance to redeem himself by engaging in uh, a war game using a diesel sub against modern nuclear submarines, which uh, an, an old diesel sub should never win. And he was given this ragtag crew uh, that he had to train up and discipline uh, to man this submarine. And uh, one of the guys on the crew was the communications officer, and he was a little strange. Okay, all the guys on the crew were pretty strange, but this guy was really quite strange. Uh, and, uh, and because this is this old diesel sub, nothing worked right, especially the communication. So there's several scenes in the film where this guy all of a sudden has to tear into things and kind of rewire things. Uh, so that they'll work. The problem is that the wires aren't quite long enough. So he uses his own body, and there's several scenes where he'll, he'll lick his fingers and grab hold of one wire, and then lick his fingers and grab hold of the other wire, and then the electricity shoots through him, but it goes through him like this uh, long enough for the captain to, to do the communication that he needs to do. And, uh, and each time, I mean, there's a future scene where he has to take off one of his shoes and use his toes, and there's like three wires he's connecting together. And it's, it's a bit of a running gag that happens throughout the film. It's quite funny, but it really puts me in mind a bit of a dynamic regarding faith and serving and, and God's kingdom that uh, oftentimes we miss. Uh, we've been talking for some months now about faith, and the first series in this two-series two, two series, I guess, can you have two series? I guess you can. It's two series together. The first one was walking by faith, and it's about how we as Christians, we live by faith. Uh, and this next part of the series, it, it flows from walking by faith, but it's actually serving by faith. So not only are we called to live by faith, but we are called to serve other people by faith. And how do we do that? And this is a lot of what Jesus did in the Gospels, and so we're going to focus a lot on the Gospels and focus a lot on learning with Jesus uh, about how to serve other people by faith. And when we serve by faith, the promise is that we will see miracles happen, we will see God intervene, we will see amazing things happen, and we're going to see more and more about how that happens and some of the dynamics of faith that must be in operation as we are serving others in faith. And last week, we really focused and emphasized quite strongly that faith is not some power like this guy, this, uh, this man on the, on the submarine encountered. It's not just some a blind power, uh, but faith actually interacts with the living God. So faith is a relational thing, and we can only serve out of relationship. Our faith always has to be grounded in a relationship with God. In fact, our definition of faith throughout this uh, series has been uh, Christian faith is choosing to trust and to act uh, sometimes beyond our natural abilities, based on a true knowledge of God and God's ways, founded in relationship with God the Father, through Jesus Christ the Son, and in the power of the Holy Spirit. And so faith 
always has a relational dynamic. It's not just about tapping into God's power, but it's about cooperating, working with God to see God do amazing things. Uh, and that is true when we serve by faith. We are working with God. It's a, out of a relationship with God that we serve other people by faith. And Jesus actually is talking about that. In fact, Jesus says something here that oftentimes we miss in the midst of these parables, but is actually one of the key dynamics, one of the key dynamics about what we call the kingdom of God. Now, Jesus preached the kingdom of God. That's, that's his message. In the first chapter of Mark, we see this. Jesus comes on the scene and he says, the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent and believe the good news. Jesus' whole message, both what he preached and also what he did, was about the kingdom of God. And when we use that phrase, kingdom of God, kingdom is talking about God's loving and active rulership in the world. Wherever we see God at work, wherever we see God's rulership, we're seeing the kingdom of God. That's why the church is a sign of the kingdom of God. Wherever we see people gathered together in the name of Jesus Christ to worship and honor God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit, trying to engage with Him, we're seeing a manifestation of God's kingdom. But the kingdom of God was more than just a manifestation. It's not a geopolitical reality. It's something that is active. It's something that is happening. It is something that is engaging with the world and transforming the lives of people. So when we talk about serving by faith, what we're talking about is bringing the kingdom of God into reality everywhere we are. And this is not only in church, but it's also in the workplace, in the marketplace, in our homes, our families. Wherever we go, part of our calling is to make the kingdom of God real, to allow God to work through us and in us to show his kingdom, to show his loving rulership, to show what it's like when God has control, when God is in charge, when God is the ruler. And that's the kingdom of God. And Jesus, when he's talking here about the kingdom of God, and he's talking about the kingdom of God in this passage, next passage we'll look at next week, he's demonstrating the power of the kingdom of God. And then following that, we're going to see how he ministered in the kingdom of God. And following that, we're going to find out what happens when there's not any faith for the kingdom of God, but we'll see that coming. And so this whole passage is dealing with this whole issue of the kingdom of God. And he links something here that's very important, we often overlook. He says, to you it has been given, to you you have the secret of the kingdom of God. The secret of the kingdom of God. This is what the disciples have. And everything here is about the secret of the kingdom of God. Uh, when Jesus, the, the Bible is using this word secret, or it's sometimes translated mystery, uh, it is not talking about the secret ingredient in Kentucky Fried Chicken. It's not a secret like that. It's not a secret like in the state secrets that GCHQ protects on our behalf. It's not a secret in that sense. The Bible, when it's talking about a secret, it's talking about something that God wants to reveal to us. 
It's talking about something that God is willing to show us, is willing to give us, but is not always obvious on the surface of it. So we have to look for it. We have to go after it a little bit. And Jesus says here to his disciples, to you guys, you guys have the secret of the kingdom of God, and having the secret of the kingdom of God is key to understanding everything that I'm doing. That's effectively what Jesus is saying. So if you want to understand what I'm doing, if you want to understand what I'm saying, you need to have this key, which is the secret, the mystery of the kingdom of God. And what is the mystery of the kingdom of God? The mystery of the kingdom of God is that through Jesus Christ, by faith, we link heaven and earth. Through Jesus Christ, by faith, we connect the reality of the kingdom of God with the reality of life on earth. It's very similar to this guy that's in the submarine who's grabbing, uh, you know, it doesn't seem like the wires are connecting. So with one hand he grabs a wire and another hand he grabs a wire and and the power is able to flow through him. The difference is here though for us is that this is always done in the context of relationship. We must never allow our faith to descend into something that's, that's like the power of positive thinking. You know, because I think it, because I will it to be, then somehow it's going to be. That impersonal idea about faith is completely unbiblical and is actually more like witchcraft than it is Christianity. And so for us... The power of faith is always connected to a person that's Jesus Christ. And that's why Jesus was announcing the kingdom of God. When Jesus said the kingdom of heaven is at hand, the kingdom of God is at hand, he's saying the kingdom of God is at hand in me. So it's the reality of Jesus. But to engage with the reality of Jesus, we have to be engaging by faith. Engaging with that choice to trust and to act based on a true knowledge of God and God's ways founded in relationship with God through Jesus Christ and in the power of the Holy Spirit. And Jesus is talking about how this is going to happen. And he gives us some parables to understand this dynamic, to understand how we become the link to manifest the kingdom of God in the world around us by faith in relationship with Jesus Christ. And the first one of these parables is the famous parable of the sower. And I'm not going to go and and explicate the full parables in each one. Uh, But I just want to make some comments on the the different parables. So the first parable is the parable of the sower. We know that uh, the four different types of soils that are there. Soils are people. We are the people he's talking about. And we know about the hard soil that Satan comes and steals it away. We know about the shallow soil that, uh, that uh, you know, grows up for a while, but the troubles kind of push it away. But the soil, the depth of our soil, the quality of our soil is faith. It's about faith, faith in relationship with Jesus Christ. God himself is the sower. He sows the seed. The seed grows up in us based on our faith, based on our choice to trust and to act. The seed comes up. 
And the problem is, for many people, what ends up happening is they allow trouble to kill the faith. How many times have we seen that? And we, we often think here, by trouble and persecution, that he's talking about people coming against us for our faith. But, you know, that's not the only kind of trouble that we experience. Frankly, in, in our society today in London, to get up on Sunday morning and come to church is a bunch of trouble. To have to navigate traffic, maybe find a place to park, or deal with you know, transport that, that sometimes fails us and things, that can be trouble. And a lot of people just say, well, no, it's not worth it. I'm not going to deal with the trouble. Probably the most common thing that, that I see in London today for people just walking out of their faith and not producing fruit are carry, cares and worries and concerns about life. You know, people get caught up in all the day-to-day junk of living and, you know, Sunday then becomes the only day when I'm not dealing with the junk and so well, why should I go to church? I'm just going to hang out or uh, I'm not going to connect with God's people uh, and so, so many Christians today just allow the cares of life to draw them away. But ultimately, those who are going to produce fruit in their lives are those who do so by faith. Because the faith that we have is the link between the kingdom of God and the world that we live in. We're bringing it together, and that faith is what causes us there to be able to bear fruit for that that fruit to grow up. And that's the first parable that Jesus talks about there. And notice what he says following on that parable. Now he goes on and he says, verse 21, a lamp brought in to put under a basket or, uh, uh, or under a bed and not on a stand, nothing is hidden. Again, he's reinforcing this idea about the secret to you has been given the secret of the kingdom of God. This link of the kingdom and the world by faith Uh, in Jesus Christ, in relationship with Jesus Christ. Then if anyone has ears to hear, let him hear. And then verse 24, pay attention to what you hear. With the measure you use, it will be measured to you, and still more will be added to you. For to the one who has, more will be given. And from the one who has not, even what he has will be taken away. And it's an encouragement to us in terms of faith. Jesus is saying, start to reach out by faith. Start to live by faith. Take the steps of faith. Because as you live by faith, as you minister by faith, as you serve by faith, as you stretch out your hand by faith to meet the needs of other people, then you'll get more faith. So often we miss it because we expect God to give us a lot of faith and then we will act. But God tells us, is telling us here, that we need to act based on the faith we have received and then we'll get more. And he says if we refuse to act based on the faith we receive, what little we have, we will end up losing. So we need to step forward. We need to keep pushing in and God will give us more. The secret to getting more faith is to serve by faith, to walk by faith. And the more you walk by faith, the more you serve by faith, the more you live by faith, the more faith you're going to receive and the closer you're going to get to Jesus. And the more you kind of wait until you get some level of faith before you reach out and pray for a sick person or reach out and share your faith, share Christ with somebody in your workplace, if you're waiting to get faith, if you're waiting for some clue from Jesus to do this, then oftentimes you miss it completely. And you don't receive that which you're looking for. And he gives us a couple of encouragements here. The next encouragement in terms of the, the parable of the seed 
basically what Jesus is saying here is that if we're serving by faith, if we are allowing our faith to connect the reality of God's loving rulership with the world that's around us, then we just need to do it and we will never know exactly what's going on. We will never see exactly what's happening. Just like a farmer doesn't go out to his field and say, oh, I wonder if my crops are growing. I'm going to dig them up to take a look. If you do that, you kill the crops. You just have to sow your seed and let it go, and then the time will come when you'll reap the harvest of the seed. But the important thing is, you can't figure it out. And a lot of us, we we say, God, okay, I want to give you this money. I want to serve you in this way. I want to pray for the sick person. But I want to understand what you're going to do. I want to understand what's going to happen and how it's going to happen. And God will say, no, you can't. All you need to do is serve. You just need to, to, to serve by faith, to act by faith, and trust me, and things are going to happen. And eventually you'll see the harvest and you'll be able to step into it and experience it. And then in the next parable... Jesus deals with this whole complaint that so often we have. Well, what if I just have a little bit of faith? You know, my faith isn't big. My faith isn't strong. My faith isn't great. You know, I've just got a, a little grain of faith. I've just got a little bit of faith. And Jesus says, well, sow it. Sow that little bit of faith. It's kind of like the mustard seed. You put it in the ground. And by the way, when Jesus says here, it's a, the smallest of all the plants of the earth. You know, there's some people that, that, that take odds with the scriptures because we know that the mustard seed is not the smallest of all the plants of the earth. We get that. But Jesus was not giving a lesson in botany here. If Jesus was giving a lesson in botany, then he could have given a lesson in botany. Jesus was telling a parable. He's telling a story here. Uh, he's not giving a factual science lesson, and so we just need to give, give him a break. Understand the purpose of it. This is like if I said to you, golly, it's raining cats and dogs outside. Everybody would know that you're not going to look outside and see this cat going, meow! <laughs> Doesn't happen that way. Uh, so, so Jesus says it's the smallest of all the seeds and yet when it's put, when it's planted when it's put in your garden it grows and it grows to be so big that even the birds of the air can find a nest there can build a nest there and Jesus is saying here don't worry about the amount of faith you have just start to minister by faith just reach out Reach out to pray for the sick person that they might be healed. Reach out to share Jesus with a coworker. Reach out to trust in, in how you're going to invest your life in a certain person or a certain situation that it could bear fruit. Just reach out and take what little you have, the small grain of faith that you might have at this moment, and go ahead and sow it, and go ahead and plant it, and as you do so, it will grow bigger and bigger and bigger. Notice with all of these things, the key dynamics here are you have this kingdom of God, this 
active, loving rulership of God that wants to change lives, that wants to make a difference in this world, that wants to turn things around, that wants to to see the sick healed and maybe even the dead raised and people who are demonized set free and people struggling in the bondage of sin set free and and people who are broken and wounded may be made whole and people who are mourning uh, be, be put back together and brought to a place of rejoicing. God wants to do all of these things. And he's doing all of these kinds of things today. And God does these things through his people, through his church. That's his desire. That's why he's designed us. He's designed us not only to be a manifestation of his kingdom in the world, but he's designed us also to be the advancement of his kingdom in the world. For us to take his kingdom, his loving rulership, and go out from this place into the marketplace, into the whole world, as a testimony to the greatness and glory of our Lord Jesus Christ. And it's very easy for us to look at all the problems and the obstacles that we face. It's very easy for us to look at a society that is hostile to the gospel. It's very easy for us to look at the size of Satan or the size of of false religions uh, or the size of societal issues and, and think that, oh, can we really make a difference? And Jesus is saying here, yes, you can. Don't let your faith be choked out. Don't let the word be choked out by these cares and concerns, by the troubles that you might face. But instead, allow the word to be planted in you And by faith in relationship with Jesus, you'll start to bear fruit. You'll start to grow up. And take what little you have and use it and step forward with it because as you take the little you have and act on it, as you hear and you respond, then you'll get more. But if you don't do anything, you're going to lose what you have. The the saying goes, use it or lose it. And that's what Jesus is saying. So we use that faith, and we use that faith with a confidence that we're not always going to see what's going to go happen. We don't see what God is doing, but we just need to trust that God is doing something, that God is taking what we have done, the seeds that we have sown, the activities that we've had, and he's doing something, and we're going to see a harvest that comes from it. And don't worry about how small it seems to you right now. Just take what you have, that little small bit of faith you have, and start to live it out, start to serve on that basis, start to reach out to other people on that basis. And as we do so, as we do so, things will happen, things will change. The secret of the kingdom is that by faith, in relationship with Jesus Christ, we as God's people are agents of his kingdom And we are the answer to the prayer, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And the guarantee, the promise, the sealing of this reality is the Lord's Supper. When we come to the Lord's Supper, we're reminded that Jesus is the one who brought the kingdom. That Jesus is the king in the kingdom. He is the embodiment of the kingdom and as his body we too embody that kingdom reality in the world today on his behalf. The Lord's Supper reminds us that as we eat the bread and drink the cup we are part of his body. Just as we take in the body and blood of Jesus, Jesus takes us into his body by his blood loving us 
And the Lord's Supper is a sign, it's a guarantee that God is able to do everything that he promised. And in many respects, taking that little piece of bread is just kind of like taking a seed. And drinking the cup is kind of like watering that seed of faith, allowing it to take root yet again in our lives and grow to produce righteousness and glory to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So let's approach the table with faith and let's approach the table with confidence, knowing that the kingdom of God is here and we're all invited to share. And in the kingdom of God, no player sits on the sidelines. We're all in the game. Let's pray. Father, we honor you. We praise you, Jesus. We love you. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. And we thank you as you join us here at this table. Lord, I pray that you would start to show us how we are the link connecting the kingdom of God with this earth on which we live, the reality around us. Allow our faith to grow. Allow us to become more and more confident in the truth of that reality. Father, I pray that you would just minister to us at this table. I pray that you'd bless this bread and this cup, that they would be for us truly the body and blood of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, broken and shed on the cross. Use them to strengthen our faith, Use them to remind us of how we have been enfolded into the body of Christ. Use them to remind us of how our sins have been forgiven and Jesus has become the leader of our lives. Use them to strengthen our faith, our confidence in your goodness and in your love for the glory and honor of Jesus. We love you, we worship you, we praise you. And we do this all in the name and authority of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. This table